Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff, and this is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is the audio pulled from one of our daily drop-ins. That's right, the daily drop-ins are back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, August 3rd to August 14th. We're here to support you, dropping in every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time over on Facebook and our Facebook group over on Twitter, Periscope, on YouTube, and on Twitch. So join us every morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and enjoy this bonus episode. We're here for our daily drop-in. Lindsay, I'm so glad that you were able to be here this morning on like bright and early Friday morning, positive energy. This is my jam. I just want you to know. Oh, I love it. Yes. Good morning, everyone. I mean, what better way to start out a Friday? We've got, you know, we've got coffee. We are, I'm not going to lie though, that countdown gave me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about the countdown, guys? It's just, it's new for us. So like, I feel every time I like, I turn it on, I'm like, ooh, we're jamming, ooh, we're jamming. But everyone's muted. So I can't like communicate with Lindsay during that countdown. I want to be like jamming, but she can't see me. I'm like, this is weird. And then you just pop up and you're like, ooh, are you ready? <laughs> so fun. Uh, good morning to everybody. I love like when the when the comments start strolling. This is the best part of being live, is just to not only be talking shop with you, Lindsay, but also to be here with all these fun and amazing people. Um, I love it. And because Dave Schmidto is listening, because he just commented, Dave, did you see that I figured out the video? I, thought about, I was like, Dave, you got to teach me how to do that. <laughs> so good morning, everyone. We're so glad you're here for our daily drop in. Uh, we've been going live every single morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, since August 3rd, because we brought back our daily drop in in hopes to just give you a space to talk shop. Like that's why the Daily Drop was even created. Like back in March, when the whole world shut down, we were like, how do we ensure that we are as accessible as possible? That is truly like a pillar that the Teach Better team believes in. And so one of the things is we just decided, we're like, what if we just went live every day, no matter what, and just we're here? Because information at that time and currently is changing minute by minute, and we just wanna be accessible. And it was funny because in July, the last week of July, truly, like three or four days before we decided to launch this new um, kind of like rebrand of back to school edition of the drop in, I was feeling the same way. I'm like, people have questions. They're getting anxious. We need to be more accessible. And the team was like, let's go back to doing the daily drop in. So we're back. We're doing the daily drop in every single morning, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, we get to do this. This is our last, like this is the end of the first week. And then we're doing this again next week. So uh, we're here um, August 3rd through the 14th. I have an extremely special guest. I know all of you know her because you're already commenting about how amazing she is. Uh, but Lindsay, would you mind if this is like someone's first time joining our family, if they aren't uh, following you yet on social media, like who are you? What's your deal? I could talk all about you because you know I love to brag on you, but I'm gonna let you start. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey everyone. So I am Lindsay. Uh, I like to say educator at heart because I do a lot of different roles in the field of education, but um, I guess certification wise, so I started out in the special ed realm. So special ed teachers have a special place in my heart, taught K2 self-contained classroom for five years, uh, and then really realized my passion was behavior. 
Uh, so I really dove into understanding behavior. I'm a board certified behavior analyst, licensed it here in New York. Uh, and so really the last 10 years have been all about behavior specialist roles. Um, and I think one of the really cool things is I've worked in a variety of places. So I've worked residential. I've also worked for a non-for-profit. Um, I've done in-home private ABA therapy, uh, and currently I'm a K-12 behavior and autism specialist for a local school district here in Rochester. Um, outside of that, or I guess in addition to that, um, I'm founder of Define University, which is uh, educational coaching and present uh, speaking arrangements really looked at time, mindset, and behavior. Because when we look at behavior change, you know, with our students, it really does begin with who we are. So my goal is before you can do that, though, you have to know who you are. So uh, Define You is just that. We're going to define who you are as an educator. So then you get to uh, bring that to anywhere that, that you are um, because you ultimately get to control those decisions you're making in your life. So that is that is a little bit about me, I guess. Um, pretty present on all social media platforms. So... <laughs> Well, and Lindsay, you already know this, but you guys are totally, you're like a fan favorite. Like, I feel like every time we have you on a daily drop-in, people are like, we want more Lindsay. And every time I'm live with you, I need to really watch my face because I forget I'm on camera. Like, I'm fine going on camera all the time. I love being a facilitator. But every time you talk, I'm just like, hold on, can I write that down? Like, mind blown. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be like in this conversation. Hold on. So I just, <laughs> I'm so glad that you're joining us. And to be honest, very selfishly, I got some updates on my school district yesterday. And my first thought is, oh, I really need a brainstorming partner. And I have so many people that I would normally reach out to my PLN, like you being one of them, Caitlin Giordano. I mean, like so many people, even in the comments, like you guys are my brainstorming team. But when I saw that our live to like this morning was with you, I'm like, I'm not even going to worry about it because Lindsay's going to solve all my problems. So I feel like we have a lot to talk through and I'm very excited. I do want to be critical a little bit of Deja who turned off Kelly and Ryan to watch us. I am a huge Kelly Ripa fan. I don't know that I can support. <laughs> Dave, you can watch this after. There's going to be replays available, but I do appreciate that shout out. That's awesome. And then we've seen so many people in the comments saying good morning. This is just the best ever. So love this awesome group. Um, Lindsay, I know that you have had a crazy week in your own life, right? You've been preparing for school. You have an upcoming vacation. You are taking administrative classes. I mean, you do so much. Um, selfishly, I really want today's live uh, for us to be answering questions because this daily drop-in has been so fun to be able to do. I don't know if you caught yesterday, but we were playing like a newlywed game yesterday <laughs> live on camera. If any of you listening missed that, you should go watch the replays either on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, or you know wherever else um, because we had a really good time with uh, Che and Pav. But what I really do want to make sure everybody listening knows is that Lindsay and I are both educators at heart. We're both going back to school districts, yes, in different roles, but you know we're both here to support educators and do what we need for students. And if any of you are preparing for the school year, just know we're here for you. So um, Lindsay, tell me where where are you guys at in coming back for the fall? When do you guys have like that start date? Where where's your whole district at? Yeah, so my district currently we are we are set to return on the 31st of August. 
Um, currently, it's a hybrid model uh, through the K-12, uh, our K-12 district. Um, and beyond that, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, what that looks like. Um, we're doing the, the, the two and two, I guess. And then uh, Wednesdays is all, uh, all remote, although staff will be on campus. Um, but we're really still figuring it out. And I think one of the things I've learned over the last year is it's okay to not have all the answers. You know, as, as humans, <laughs> I don't even say educators, as humans, we all want answers. We, you know, um, at least I, right, I wanted to know. But what I think what ended up happening is by, by, by needing to know, and I'm going to put needs in quotes because we don't actually need anything in our lives. We already have it all with us, it within us. I know it sounds corny, but the moment that I could stop wanting or needing something like out here, out in like future land, and I could actually say, but what do I actually have right now? What is it that I have? What is it I understand? Well, then it took kind of that, that worry away, but it also made things more fun. Because if I'm constantly seeking something else, then how do I embrace this moment? So, so you know me, I got to tie in some mindset stuff in there somewhere. So that's just where we go with it. Um, you know that I love that about you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, that's my district. So we're still finding out. You know, our, our governor's supposed to be coming on today to give some more information. So we're kind of waiting on that. And but honestly, I'm not waiting on that. I'm doing what I can in this moment. And I think that's what's really important. You know, had I said Monday at the beginning of the week, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait until Friday and and wait. I would have missed out on five amazing days of connections and activities and things that I did because I was waiting. So no more waiting. Um, do what you can, right? And you know, my daughter, she we're, we live in a smaller district. She's set to go back uh, five days a week because her their numbers are small in the, in the school. It's smaller, so it's been it's been figuring out logistics. Of course, it's been figuring out you know schedules and all that. But at the bottom of it, it's not through a sense of worry. It's not through a sense of what if. It's through a sense of of confidence. We're gonna make this happen. It's good. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna find a way because. I always do. I trust in myself enough that no matter what, I'm going to figure it out. And so I think having those standards that we can fall back on, you know, just like we have standards in the classroom, um, we also have standards for our life, for who we are and standards of living. So what is the standard of living? And then you get to be flexible and adapt to make that standard happen, but the standard stays the same. So I think for me, that's where I'm kind of at. I'm taking one day at a time. Uh, I'm actually going later uh, live to talk about this whole being present over positive. Like I am a positive person, don't get me wrong, but I'm positive. The way I can be positive is because I stay present. So I think it's just really important to bring it back to this moment because it's the only thing we have ultimate control over. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, Lindsay. I know that there are questions flowing in. I'm going to start getting to these. If you're listening right now and you have any questions, like anything, whether it's about your own mental health, whether it's about your students, we can get into nitty gritty about lesson planning or communication. Please throw anything here that you are chewing on, right? So even if it's a hurdle, we're not promising we can solve it, but we am, we are so dedicated to being here as a brainstorm partner, giving you different food for thought, connecting you with the right people. That's what this is all about. So we have a lot of questions coming in. I do wanna kind of update our network as we kind of go, Lindsay, because on the flip side, my district came out with a plan about two weeks ago uh, and people were so happy, not because the plan was what people wanted because everybody has their own opinions, but because it gave people some stability of being like, okay, here's how we're moving forward. 
So we were in a hybrid model, uh, very similar. We're going back two days with students, and then there's like that one virtual day. Uh, we have been in our classrooms for the past week, setting up our classrooms and getting ready to have students every other day that are on like an AB schedule, all that. Just yesterday at four o'clock central, they announced, never mind, we're going all remote. So all the work I was just telling you before we went live, I'm not complaining because I have been thinking mentally, like I know we're going to have to transition from remote to hybrid, from hybrid to remote, back to in-person. Like I knew this was the year I was walking into, but I won't lie to you, Lindsay, the entire day yesterday, I spent three hours not working on Teach Better Team stuff, preparing for my classroom. And the work I was doing was about like, okay, if I only have a few days, because who knows how long we'd be in hybrid, if I only have a few days with kids in person, what I want communicated. So it was kind of like setting expectations for hybrid while also communicating how we would transition to uh, learning, assuming it would probably happen. And now I'm like, I feel like I would have just done the last three hours a little differently had I known that we were starting remote. There's just some little tweaks, right, that I'd make. So I'm actually in a very weird spot now. Actually, to be completely honest, I don't mean to frustrate anybody, I'm very happy with the decision of starting remote. I have some personal just opinions on that. Uh, but I definitely acknowledge that now that comfort that people felt when they got the plan, I assume is toppled over. And now we're starting fresh with like, okay, now there's a new plan, which I can only imagine a lot of educators are not only experiencing, but will continue to experience, unfortunately, for, for a while. And we just need to find our ways to be flexible, which I can only imagine you have a lot of tips and tricks. So I want to start with Maddie. Maddie is an amazing member of our Teach Better family. I love every time I see Maddie. Are you connected with her on Instagram? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure, but we'll definitely double check. Make sure. Like, you know how I recommend people connect with you all the time? Like, yeah. make sure you connect with Maddie. She's adorable. And um, this is a great question to kind of start us off. Very Lindsay Titus question. Okay. I feel like you love this question. So she says, how do you both plan to balance work and rest? And I love that she didn't ask about personal life. She specifically said rest. So I want to throw that, that at you, Lindsay. How do you balance all the things you do for work and the things you do for Define University and, you know, everything else? <laughs> I know, I'm like, I wanna like come through the screen. This is like literally my one of my favorite questions. Um, and in all honesty, the first thing I do is I take out the word balance and I put in the word blend. So, and one of the biggest reasons for that is, again, define you, right? Words are really important. The language we speak hold meaning. And for me, when I think of balance, I know it sounds so corny, I think of like fifth and sixth grade science. I think of 50-50, you know, how do we balance things out? We have to add things over here and we have to take things over there. And for me, that might work for you. And if it does, use the word. But for me, for so long, it didn't because I thought that meant I, I lived in Shouldville. I thought that meant I should be 50-50. And I believe so much in getting out of Shouldville. I mean, guys, I put it on a mug. Get out of Shouldville. All right? I want that mug. Get me that mug. I love that. That seems like it needs to be in a swag store. If you don't have one, then it's a better one. Um, so blend. Because to me, here's, here's how I look at it. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I am 100% me. So some days that looks 80% work and 20% life. Some days that's 90% life and 10% work. I could do every single equation there is. 
the end of the day, it always, for me, adds up to 100% me. So I don't look at it as trying to get to 50-50. I look at it as blending, that I have to make a choice sometimes. And when I say yes, I'm also at the same time saying no, which means by knowing who I am and what I stand for, what my values and standards are, I can say yes with confidence and knowing that, yep, I am saying no to something, but that's okay. Because what I'm saying yes to is so important because it aligns with me. Now, the other thing I mentioned standards before, one of my standards is I rest with intention every single day. So rest is not something I'm going to get when I'm done. Rest is not something that happens at the end of the month if I have a day off. <laughs> rest is something that I embed into every day. But again, redefine rest. That might look like five minutes on the couch just sipping some hot coffee. That might be catching up on my favorite TV show on TV. That might be having a dance party with my daughter. That might be reading Teachers Deserve It, right? So what is it that redefine rest? And I always say rest with intention because if you are resting because you think you should, get out of shouldville. Rest okay, then you want it. <laughs> That is so interesting to say that because I have had so many moments this week, really, um, where I've been struggling with this idea of rest. And honestly, it's gotten to the point where I like am frustrated with feeling like I always need to be working. So I like turn my phone off and put it on my nightstand and I sit with my puppies in bed and watch a TV show. I'm watching Suits, right? So fun. And like, it's really like trying to just disconnect and force myself to like, just be present with these adorable fluffy dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Which is so nice. But then I get, I feel badly about it because then I turn on my phone. And like I said to you before we went live, I had three messages from you that I didn't get to yesterday. And like, I have um, questions on Facebook that I was tagged in that I haven't even yet responded to. And it's 8.15 in the morning and they tagged me last night at four. You know what I mean? So I, I feel guilty about mm -hmm. resting sometimes because it seems like the work could go on forever. So with an educator that feels that way, right? That they're getting student emails at eight o'clock at night or they're seeing announcements of their school district at four o'clock, like how do you still choose to rest? What's your tip for them? Yeah, so I think you have to ask yourself, what's the story? Like, why do I believe that I have to do that? You know, and if we are using language have to, need to, or should, it's it's a story. It's because we think we we should, because it's it's through someone else's perspective. So one of the things I, I really coach on is how do we turn these stories into truth statements? So the story of if I don't respond within 10 minutes of a notification, what does that say about me as an educator, right? And I know for me, it said, well, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't care about the people. I don't, oh my goodness, I put, I put myself over others. Like that was me two years ago. And now it's when I rest with intention, I serve myself. Because when I serve myself, I can serve everyone else with the energy that you see present, with the energy you feel. You know, and I believe, you know, one of the strategies I teach teachers working with challenging behavior is, Having the ability to walk away is actually the, some of the, the strongest action you can take. Walking away and saying, you know what, we're going to give some space, we're going to do this. It's the same thing if you're talking about you know, your phone. Walking away from your phone shows so much strength because you're saying in that moment, I matter. I deserve rest. I deserve this time. And if those guilty feelings come, then I, you know, one of the other um, comments was like, what tools or apps? I honestly just use paper. Grab some paper. 
and write down why you feel guilty. Get it out of your head, right? The thoughts we hold are very powerful. The words we speak, even more powerful. But the actual written word is so powerful because we're utilizing all the senses, right? We're making it tangible. So write it down. Why do you feel guilty? Work through that, that process, which is a process that, that once you figure it out, now I can say, you know, oh, I need to do this. And I'll say, nope, I'm choosing to do this because this is what's important to me. Flip the language. What are you choosing to do? What do you get to do? And what do you love to do? And know that it doesn't have to be. The last thing I'll add is I think sometimes we hear rest and we think it has to we like give a time limit or a time frame. We'll say, well, I have to rest for 60 minutes or it, it won't count if it's not a half day. Right. And I'm like, no, you can rest in a minute. You can rest in five minutes. So if doing it longer is hard for you, shorten it. Try two minutes, try three minutes and then see how that feels and then build from there. I love that. So many good ideas. And I think that like, if you're somebody who's looking for a tool and app, like an apps, there are apps out there, there are tools out there. But I think that something to emphasize Lindsay's point is like, you need to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay and I both are not really like using an app to do this, but more so if you are somebody who needs that, there are some out there. So you know, how can you identify what you you feel like would, would best support you and then go find it, which is awesome. We are getting a lot of questions. So please continue to type those in, uh, whether it's about, you know, rest and balance. We could talk about that forever, especially with Lindsay Titus. But uh, obviously, there's plenty of other things we can do as well. I do kind of want to talk on this question really quick, only because I think I'm going to do a, a, a session on this more in depth later. So I want to mention it um, just in part right now. This uh, Facebook user says, are you putting your grids in Seesaw since you use it? I think this is directed towards me, Lindsay, because I use Seesaw. I talk about it all the time. I really want to be like a Seesaw spokesperson. I think they should hire me to walk around and just brag on Seesaw. Uh, I want to clarify a few things. I do use Seesaw. I use the free version and I use it every single day because that is where my students house their goal setting and reflection. I do not put my grids in it. So uh, I actually think that I'm planning on either today or tomorrow going live to kind of share on how I'm setting up my own classroom. I've done a lot of videos in, in the past in our private group, but um, I do want to kind of dive into this a little further as I'm progressing into my own planning. Uh, but at this point in time, just to give you the bare bones for those of you that have been following my planning journey uh, as we've gone through this. Um, I use a website. I build my grids in a website. So it's kind of like a, a linked tool for students. Uh, I am using Google Classroom. Uh, that's the LMS that my school requires. And the only thing that will be posted in our Google Classroom is the slides that will contain our Bitmoji Classroom, which will give them kind of the blinders of what they should focus on each and every day. Um, I use Google tracking. Uh, I use Google Sheets to track my students. That's like the progress monitoring of their progression. And I use Seesaw to document goal setting and reflection. And to be honest, I know that sounds like a lot, but the use of Bitmoji Classroom actually has helped me really, really um, be purposeful and in, in telling students exactly where they need to go with those blinders. So it doesn't feel like a ton of tech tools and more so they know exactly where they need to go thanks to that super easy tool that I, I did a live on earlier, but I've still been adapting. So I hope that gives you a little food for thought. Um, I will, I do hope to kind of like dive into this deeper in terms of how I'm setting up some of these resources, especially with the transition of hybrid and remote and wanting to transition fluidly. 
But that's, I think, all I'm going to share right now, unless you guys ask specific questions. So sorry, Lindsay, to take up that much time, but I think that's important. No, and I think just to, to piggyback on that or something I was thinking of is, you know, again, there's so many ideas out there. I think sometimes, you know, people are like, I don't have ideas. And I don't know that that's actually the, the, the frustration. I think the frustration is I don't know how to take the ideas and make it work for what I need in my classroom. Yeah. Right. So you can you can Google search, you know, ways to connect with students via remote learning. You can Google ways to create a classroom uh, classroom virtually. I think the problem is, is that you get thousands of, of, of hits, right? Then the question is, right, now what do I do with that information? Right. So I think, and I think the purpose and what I hear you saying is that you have to know where you want to get to. You have to know your why. What's the purpose? Why are you making the classroom? Why are you setting up the grid? Why are you doing the, the, the leadership plan or the management plan? Because without that, you're right. You're just going to take bits and pieces from everyone else and you're going to get overwhelmed. I know I did that for years. Yeah. You don't have a solid why. You're just going to fill it with how and what that, that sounds good. And, and honestly, a lot of things sound good. But what's best for you, you've got to know who you are to know where you want to go in your classroom with your students. So I think just take all the information, but then create it to match your goals as a teacher. And I think, and Lindsay, God, you said that so much better than I could ever articulate. I, I think that's why I feel the need to go live later mm -hmm. to talk about these things. Because I don't just want to be like, goal say reflection, you seesaw, tracking, use Google Sheets, I build a website. Like, Because none of that means anything to you unless you know why I made that choice. Because to be honest, I don't care where you put your grid. Do a PDF, do Google Doc, do a, I literally, it doesn't matter to me at all. I have a reason why I did a website. And so if your reason aligns to mine, go make a website. But mm -hmm. if it doesn't, then you have to choose the tool that is more conducive for, for those elements. The same with Seesaw, Bitmoji Classroom, all these things, I really understand why I chose them. And mm -hmm. I think articulating that allows somebody to then match up and say, does that fit with my why? Or am I just doing it because a teacher that I respect said that they're using it, therefore I'm, I should use it, right? We're going to get into that should word again. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, Nikki, I'm just checking, uh, grabbing all these questions. So keep posting them. The guys, sorry, we're a little behind. It says, are teachers working from home or expected to be in person in your district, Ray? Just curious. Nikki, to be completely transparent, I have no idea. Um, it would be my prediction that they have us report to school. I know that, that there's probably a lot of discussion you could have about that. I don't know anything beyond what was released at four o'clock. And the statement that was released at four o'clock in my district was simply first quarter, we're going remote and that it was a hard decision. They went to a few different things, but um, very, very little like final calls in terms of educator yet. So um, it was a lot of information in terms of kind of like why they went down this road and, and how challenging it was and who they consulted to make this decision, but not so much about teacher expectations yet, which, which makes sense to be honest. So yeah, I think they handled it really well, to be honest, that would have been a really, really tricky, <laughs> tricky thing to share. So, um, all right. I love, there's so many comments. I'm so sorry that we're not getting to all these. I love that people are like joking about taking notes. They're loving what you said earlier about like the balance with blending. I thought that was fabulous. I love this rest with intention. Like, Lindsay, that's the best part of going live with you is that everybody take notes. And then can you all send them to me, please? Because every time she talks, I'm like, pause. Can you can you repeat that so I can write this down? Like, it's so, so fun. Um, 
This is from Sammy. I know you know Sammy. She's like a team ambassador. I feel like Sammy's been around for ages. Um, she was on our daily drop in a few days ago with Jeff Gargas, and Jeff had asked her a question of like how long she's been around. I believe Sammy's been around like before Teach Better even existed. She was a part of Teach Better. Like that's just where I'm at with her. <laughs> she's awesome. She says, with remote learning, are you going to handle, uh, how are you going to handle communication with students and parents? How are you setting up office hours? So Lindsay, I know you're in a different role than like a you know classroom teacher. You, you are supporting all people in the ecosystem. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I've been, I've been actually thinking about this a lot because in the spring, um, I didn't really have a great system for it. So I'll kind of share what I did. So again, I'm, I'm K-12 behavior specialist. So I go across uh, 10, 10 buildings in my district. Um, and so it's really more of a district level position, but, but on the, on the teacher, you know, front and, you know, so for me in the, in the spring, I said, you know what, who can I focus on? And I really focused on, um, a group of my parents that, that were basically, I heard from teachers that these are the, the parents that really needed some support with behaviors at home, with establishing systems. And so I did a weekly email that had a five minute video, uh, where I took behavior strategies and I. I just talked about them for five minutes and then I gave some resources to help, you know, um, kind of implement that, you know, that, that system. And so that seemed to be really helpful, um, but I really wanted to make it more systematic. So I'm going to be doing that again in the fall, um, but I'm also, I'm going to be sending it out to, uh, to my, my set of parents, but also to teachers, to our, to our school so that they can then forward it to parents that might need it, or they too can learn from the strategies I'll be teaching each week. Um, I am also going to have um, office hours set. You know, I'm pretty openly available, um, but I am going to create, you know, a link to have set office hours because um, it's really, it'll be on too on that remote day um, because again, we're hybrid. So it's kind of in-person not, but I know I won't get to everywhere. You know, I'm trying to, we're trying to figure out you know, on a given day, can I go between buildings or do I have to stay one building per day? You know, so those are questions I have. So I'm trying to, to think of that. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely a combination of both. And just to continue to share out how people can reach me, how people can have those questions. I'll be using forms and surveys um, just to really see where the support is needed the most. You know, Lindsay, I think you you um, just touched on an idea that I was really struggling with yesterday, this idea of office hours. And you should know that yesterday when I was planning, I thought I was in a hybrid bottle. Now I'm in remote learning. But I actually went through this whole thought process of like the term office hours, right? The term office hours became something we used because of remote learning. We wanted to give students like set amount of times that they knew they could contact us, that they knew they could get support. And so what I started thinking about is we were going to transition from hybrid to remote or back and forth that I wanted language to be consistent so that when I said, go to your tracking page, that's the same document. That's the same language, whether we're remote, in person or hybrid it, or, or yeah, it doesn't matter. Like we are always using the same language. So Sammy, something that like I mentally thought about yesterday was Office hours is what I'm going to use when I have contact with students. So in, in a hybrid model with my A students or my Z students, whatever, when they were in class, I was going to call that office hours, right? So like we're still doing the grid, we're still doing our learning, but I was going to refer to that as our office hours. Now, it didn't mean that we also didn't have like virtual office hours on Wednesday, but I wanted to make sure that like 
class time was also referred to as office hours because again, you had contact with me. I'm there to support you. You can ask all your questions. It still has that same mindset. I don't know yet, to be honest, Sammy, what my office hours are, especially because we just shifted to remote learning. I don't know what I'm going to be allowed to set as office hours. I'm not sure of like district expectations. But what I do know is that whether they decide that we're going to be on a set schedule where I meet with first hour virtually at eight o'clock and I meet with second hour virtually at nine o'clock, whatever it ends up being, I'm going to be calling those office hours. Mm -hmm. And when we go back to school and students are in my classroom, I'm going to call that office hours because I really want to use the same language so that if we shift and the whole world like changes again, when I email out to my families and say, hey, these are office hour times, students are like, oh, that means I get support. I get to see Ms. Hewart. They're mm -hmm. feeling confident with that language. And um, Lindsay, you hit the nail on the head in terms of like video emails, like, holy cow, I'm going to do that once a week with my families. You guys know that I love that if you've been connected to the Teach Better team for a while. So I love, I love that you do that. I want to request that I'm on that email thread where I get to email your video emails. <laughs> I think one other thing I was just thinking of this too, I think it's important to, again, it's another example of know why you're establishing them right? What is your purpose behind doing it? Is it so that you can, you know, because I, I, again, it's how you define office hours. So for me, it really could be too a way to set boundaries to almost say, okay, during my office hours is when I will be available. You know, does that mean, I guess here's the example, does that mean I'm going to be just on a, on a Google meet where you can pop in and then we will, you can ask questions or, is that where, you know, I'm going to be responding to emails during that time. And so you now know I'm responding to emails between 10 and 12 every, every day, you know, so I think it can help in setting up those boundaries, but I think think through it a little bit to know why am I setting them up? What's the purpose? Because if I set it up and have 10 families jump on, I'm not going to, I'm not going to meet the purpose probably of why I initiated it. And then we might need to tweak it, which is totally fine. You know, we just go with what happens. So I think kind of know why you're setting them up and then you can kind of create the system to match that purpose. I love that. That is so good. And it also allows you, if you set up those parameters, it allows you then when those parameters end to be like, and now I'm moving into a new phase, right? Yeah. So when you set up those boundaries, we're like, I am answering emails from 12 to two, then at 205, you can say, I set up my parameters. I'm now outside of that space. So now I, I, there, there should be, ooh, should, there should be no guilt of like stepping away, no teacher guilt. I mean, mm -hmm. like I now have a different focus and that's okay because we all are rooted in that why. I do want to mention uh, we've been live for about 33 minutes. Lindsay and I are so thrilled to continue to take questions, continue to throw these in. Uh, we both have uh, interviews at the top of the hour uh, to just share some fun stuff with some cool groups of educators. So we just want to preface, we are going to be live with you for about 15 more minutes. So anything you want us to talk through, we are all yours. But then obviously, if we don't get to your question today, we are always available. DM us, reach out. Like we'd love to continue to collaborate with you. Um, we just will be ending in about 15 minutes to be respectful of uh, Lindsay's time. You have a great podcast interview. I can't wait for you to share out as well. And you were just on, by the way, Teach Better Talk podcast. You killed that episode. You are so good. Thank you. Yeah, that was a blast. That was so much fun. I mean, I just love I, I, I the fifth grader that had the support plan to talk more in class just cannot stop talking now. So another example of, you know, who we were as kids doesn't mean it's who we're going to be. And same thing with our students, who they are now does not mean 
I mean, it can be, don't get me wrong, but it also means they can change. And, and I think the cool part of being an educator is we get to be a part of that, a part of that change in that process, which is just, it's what keeps me going uh, <laughs> each and every day. So. I love this question. It's such a good question to be asking today, especially with Lindsay with us here. Mm -hmm. It says, any suggestions to deal with student stress or, you know, like anxiety when returning to school, either remote or in person? Do you have any um, strategies that you're looking at to not only gauge student stress and anxiety, but also just to like help um, relieve some of that? Yeah, so I think, so I'll talk mindset first and then I'll give a couple, a couple tips real quick is I think the mindset is actually went live on this earlier this week. So funny how things like filter back, right? Once you talk about them is when it comes to, to behavior or emotions like this, instead of assuming they're going to be there, prepare that they're going to be there. So again, it's a distinction. I can assume people are going to come back anxious, but I don't actually know that. You know, I think, you know, we know what happens when we make assumptions and I don't actually know that information, but I can prepare for it because I can prepare based on what I've known before. And so I think, you know, yes, this is a heightened um, piece, but I think, think about, again, I always say link to something you've done before. So when students return from two weeks off at winter break, what, what do you do then those first couple of days to kind of help reestablish, get into the classroom? Now, yes, we are at a different level. But a lot of those same strategies can work. This is not about, this is not the time to reinvent the wheel. This is not the time to do anything crazy. This is actually the time I believe to do less because when we do less, we're actually going to make a bigger impact with our students. So I think prepare for it. So what does that mean? I love like, I call it preventative uh, phrasing or speeches and just give that speech. Say, I, you know, guys, I don't know about you. I'm feeling, you know, anxious. I'm feeling stressed. And this is what I do about it. And if you are feeling these things, and again, whatever level your student is at, you can use pictures, you can use memes, you can use, you know, text bubbles, whatever you want to use, you know, here's how, here are some ways we can work through that. Um, I think it's, it's not an if, or it's, yeah, it's not if, it's, it's when, right? It's going to be present. And I think, I think calling it for what it is, don't let it be the elephant in the room, like call it out, have conversations about it, be open with it. Um, I, you know, I have a six-year-old at home and she told me the other day, I'm nervous. So we had a conversation. I dropped what I was doing. Um, she does really well with pictures. So I brought out a piece of paper and I said, okay. And we drew a little thought bubble. I said, tell me what's in your thoughts right now. And she said, I'm scared. I, I don't know if my friend will be in my class. I don't know who my teacher. So she had all these, these, these fears, these worries. So we wrote them all down and then we broke, we did things with them. Okay. What can we do about it? So I think, you know, make it tangible, use, you know, because again, get out of, uh, help our students get out of their heads. And I think sometimes by just owning to say, if this, if this is what you're feeling, that is totally okay. But also know if you're not, that's okay too. We're all allowed to have those ind independent uh, emotions. Um, and so I think, you know, working through it, it's what can I teach? You know, it's not, you know, again, I think it's, it's what can I teach you? What skill can I teach? in order to help you reduce. And so maybe that's through a, a Google form check-in on, on how are you doing today? So I know who to, to reach out to maybe independently or, or after the fact. Um, maybe it's the use of just colored systems. Just have the conversations um, through, through books, through, again, through music, through however it might be. I think it's, it's kind of just owning it as the first step. I love that. And yeah, I owning it as the first step is totally right. I mean, the, sometimes it just feels good to express your concerns to someone else. And while there isn't a solution, it's nice to have 
the knowledge that somebody else kind of knows, you know, like somebody else has your back, somebody is just aware. And that way, if something changes or, or you react in a way that that isn't right, that you know, that somebody else in the room kind of knows where that might be coming from. And I, I think it's really true that sometimes we just need to create those strategies and, you know, build those partners with, I, I know it's, it's great to see so many people in the comments because a lot of you use each other mm -hmm. uh, as those support systems. You use us as those support mm -hmm. systems and, and we're thrilled for that. And so when we start doing that same model to our students, I, I think there's a, a really powerful, powerful element there as well. You know, uh, Candace posted a question here that says, my struggle with how to implement office hours when I know some of my students only have access to certain uh, to tech at certain times of the day, I want to be able to support them when they need it. You know, Lindsay, I this question's interesting to me because um, Candace, I have the same issue. I was actually talking about this yesterday with a friend on the phone. Where okay, I don't know how like much of a can of worms I'm <laughs> I want to open right now. I should be careful. I guess my point is I agree, and that's my that's my concern as a teacher as well. That if they say hey, Ray, I need you to show up to work between eight and four and you're going to run your normal schedule. Then in my mind, I'm like, well, then I'm not going to have office hours from six to eight because I've already worked a full day. Whereas if they give me some flexibility, I might have office hours at nine to 10. I might have office hours 12 to one. I may have office hours like six to seven. I could spread out throughout the day and try and get all those students needs. And so I think to me, Candice, and one element I want to throw to you, Lindsay, is yes, I don't know how to do that yet either, which is why I personally am looking for my district to give me some feedback on their expectations, because then I can make uh, the best decision possible for me and my students. But Lindsay, can you maybe tell us if Candace and I, and maybe may many educators are anxious about just wanting to do what's best for students, but also find like the ability to not feel badly about not working in the evenings and things like that, uh, any tips and tricks you might want to support there? Yeah, so I think for me, one thing that immediately came to mind is we can always do more, but it's really hard to do less. So if you if you set up, you know, six different hour office hours throughout the day, and then your expectation for yourself is I'm going to keep doing this every day, then what happens on that day where you just can't? What happens on that day where you're like, I'm, I'm done, <laughs> right? So if you set up a morning and an afternoon one, and then you get, you know, I think, I think then the missing or the middle piece is set up a system where you can have that check-in and you teach your students, again, depending on age, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a red, if it's a high alert, then they know to put that like in the subject or they know to put that, teach them to put that in the message. So then it still is your decision. Now, I think 99% of us are going to say, you know what? Yes, it's a red. I've taught them what that means. I'm, I'm jumping in. I'm going to do it because you can do more. You can always show up more. But if you set the stage for, <laughs> for this high bar and then you're like, I just can't, you know, again, that's total. That's okay. Everything's okay. There's no good or good or bad, right or wrong. Right. But we, we believe it to be that way. So I also think it is important to recognize that it's how you define what being an educator is. And I can't, I can't give you that definition. You can't give that definition. You know, for me, I, I do most, I'm going to say a majority of my work between the eight and four hours, but nowhere in my mind does it say that I'm not going to ever do work at night or I'm not going to do work on the weekends. The difference is I, I choose it. I choose it. So the standard is I choose my schedule. My schedule does not choose me. That then allows, so that's my why. 
I then get to choose what that what and how looks like based on the day. Because at the end of the day, we do have to make decisions. If I jump on a call with a student at 5 p.m., I'm then saying, you know, family dinner time has to wait for a minute. If I'm saying family dinner time is a priority, then that student has to wait. And it's, again, it's not a judgment. It's not shame. It's not guilt. It's not doubt. It's just what is. So instead of trying to find like, the perfect solution, just find the solution for that day and then reflect on it and then and then move forward tomorrow, right? Then we make the decisions we make. So I think it's it's an ebb and flow. I don't think there's gonna be one system. I think the system is trusting in that you know the decisions you're making are the best decisions for yourself first. We, we've gotta put ourselves at the top of our podium. And I know for so many educators, it's so hard. You know, we're like at the bottom and everybody else is up here. I want, it's not even about up and down, but if you aren't at the top, if you're not your biggest cheerleader, then then no one else is going to be. So you've got to be there. So you can then say, what decision does feel good right now? And then go with it and trust in that decision. Yeah, Lindsay, I love that you share that there are so many tips and tricks. I I love this idea of, you know, really not just saying, I I assume my students know, but teaching them how to reach out at certain times of the day, teaching them why they might want to or why they might choose not to. There's so many educators that are like, oh, my students do this wrong. And then my first question is like, have you ever taught them how to do that right? And mm-hmm. have you retaught it? And and the, unfortunately, a lot of us are like, no, I just assume that they know that they're such and such age. And you're like, well, we could do better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other element I love that you noted, Lindsay, is this idea of like teachers advocating. And, and I think that there's two lines to that, not only advocating for yourself and saying, I'm going to be my cheerleader. I'm going to make decisions and I'm going to choose to do certain things, but also being an advocate for yourself in terms of talking to other leadership, other, other colleagues about your concerns. And I think that that is so important that as you continue to make decisions, it's also important for you to be reflective with the people that are making the decisions alongside you, you know, and teachers deserve it. We talk about how teachers deserve a voice and they deserve to be heard but you can't be heard if you're not saying anything. And so that's kind of the, the whole premise in, in my mind of that chapter is they do deserve to be heard. Teachers deserve to have good leadership that says, how is this going to affect my teachers? How can I make decisions for my educators? And they deserve a community that puts teachers, you know, a, a high up on the list of priorities. But if teachers don't say anything, then they can't, they are unable to hear you. And so then that isn't a community problem. That isn't a stakeholder or leadership problem. That's an us problem. That's an educator problem that we need to fix. And so, so many different tips and tricks there. Candace, I don't think we got you a solution, but hopefully a lot of food for thought so you can make the best decision for yourself. And I personally am struggling with this right now. And I hope Candace, we can continue this conversation as more information comes out, not only about our schools, but about ourselves and what we can best do. That's so awesome. I think it's knowing too, and I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again, you can't, you can't get it wrong. You cannot make a wrong decision. Any decision you make is better than not making the decision. Because at the end of the day, the decision we make for today doesn't have to be the decision we make forever. We can reflect on it and we can change it tomorrow. I can make a decision this morning and change it by the afternoon. The only thing we have true, true control over is this is literally like right now, like 946 on August 7th is what you have control over. This is so quickly we want to jump to, well, I can control an hour from now, a week from now, a month from now. And the fact is we just can't. Mm-hmm. I can control who I show up as right now. 
and then I can move forward. And so I think when we're trying to create these systems, we're trying to think is, is rest in the power of your thoughts, what you think, what you feel, because that is what's going to drive your actions. And that's what's going to get to the results. We have no control over the results. We control everything we do to get there. And so to me, that's just no, no, you can't get it wrong. So if you can't get it wrong, what would you do? And then reflect on it and change it if you need to. Ugh, Lindsay, I love, I love listening to you. We are at um, our hour mark where um, Lindsay and I do need to run for this morning with busy plans for the rest of the rest of the day, things that we're excited to do. But unfortunately, we are going to have to end our video now. I so am just so appreciative of everybody that threw ideas in the comments. This is really what our daily drop-ins for. We're, we love being here to to brainstorm and be your advocate and continue to challenge your thinking and. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday all next week to continue to celebrate you and be brainstorming partners. Lindsay, thank you for taking the time to come live with us in the morning and share all this insight. I know that everybody's going to go connect with you on Instagram and Twitter and also listen to your incredible insight you just shared that published yesterday on the Teach Better Talk podcast. Just so many things just go get, you know, like all the Lindsay Titus ideas. Um, but thank you so much for, for taking the time. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. It was a blast. So fun. For everybody else, we are here to support you. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Amazing weekend. And we will see you again on Monday for our daily drop-in at 9 o'clock Eastern. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.